Alright lads, this podcast is a member of the Vices of Wrestling podcast and network. Visit vicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcast, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Sometimes you get bored of N64 So let's watch wrestling till our eyes get sore We love the Tivoli but there's so much more Wrestling round the world Making friends and making times in wrestling round the world Sarah And welcome to episode 4 of Sarah and Sarah Wrestling around the world We're finished our 2017 year in review so now it's time to actually talk about current stuff that we have watched over the past few weeks. So yeah, Sarah, how are you? I am good. Hopefully the audio is sounding a bit better this time around. We are, in fact, in my house. It's a little bit strange for me having someone that's not friends or family in my house. Because, <laughs> as you know, we're not friends and we're still not friends. This doesn't change anything. She's here. She's sat on my couch. But she knows her place. This is strictly podcast business. It's nothing business. else. It's business. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever see us talking at shows, it's it's nothing to do with us being friends. It's strictly podcast talk. It, yeah, it's podcast. <laughs> it's business. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a busy few weeks in the wrestling world. It has oh. indeed. There's been a lot of shows on TV and I've been to two shows myself. I've been just the one, but I think it was more than enough for me. It was. <laughs> it might, in fact, be the best OTT show ever. I would, yeah, I I think so as well. And I think I kind of overstated how good it was on Twitter on the night. I think I was just in shock and awe of how good it was. But no, looking back now, it's, it's a few days on since uh, OTT Homecoming. And I think I stand by the statement that it is the greatest OTT show of all time. Yep, I've only missed three Dublin shows, and by far this was the best show ever. I think we should talk about it. I think we should. We go straight into OTT Homecoming. I'm just very, very eager about this show. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of of highlights, and actually, to be honest, no lowlights for me. It was top to bottom, entertaining, and had a great mix of everything. It really did. It was their first time in the new venue, the arena on Shore Road. And it was it was kind of cool. I didn't know what to expect. It is a GAA hall. It was like a big barn and it was like really spacious. And they obviously brought all their own seats or they rented fold out chairs. So it was a different vibe. But the view was really good. I had GA tickets, so I was sat a couple of rows back. I know you had the VIP ones. Yeah, and I was, I think I was in the second row, and we had perfect view. But I think, like, I think a few people had issues with visibility, but I think they were very, very far back, and that was only kind of because of the cage later on. I don't think it was. Yeah, where where I was sitting, I was the back row by the screen, so it wasn't. There was further back seats on the other sides. But we didn't come in until quite, I wouldn't say late, but we certainly weren't there early, early. Maybe a half an hour before bell time. And we managed to get those seats just fine. And there were some people standing as well. But I, I really liked the venue for visibility. It was a little bit hard once the show started to get out to go to the bathroom or get a drink. So that's something they probably will have to look into. I'm sure the bar staff will know for the next time like what the demand was like because it was crazy. The bar queue was huge and the queue for the men's was huge. I didn't have to wait too long to use the bathroom anytime. 
Yeah, no, that was fun. I think it's just those little things of first time running a new venue. You, it's probably the things that are kind of you think of last. So I'm sure next time they'll all be rectified. Yeah, especially the bar. I don't know what they can do with the toilets unless they bring in some porta potties or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure the bar situation will be sorted because it seems to be a lot of guys drinking pints of Guinness which take a long time to pour and I can only guess that they were doing it in tribute to the fall in Don Marnell. Yeah, no cans were uh, brought out at the beginning of this show. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Obviously, he has um, commitments elsewhere, so he can't be on these OTT shows, but I think they uh, wrote him off. They, they did him proud. I think it was a good send-off for Don Marnell in the funniest way, in the most Don Marnell way. Yeah. We'll see how the new commentator does, I guess, when, if we watch it back. I, I'm going to watch the Belfast one for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I heard that up north they had uh, Timothy Thatcher against Keith Lee, so that's like that's a must-watch match. Anywhere. Really. Yeah. I had stuff on Sunday, so I couldn't take the bus up, but I definitely do want to watch that show. Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't go either, and um, I woke up the next morning, the day of the show, actually pricing trains and buses to go up, but... Uh, I was like, oh, I'm not taking this long journey by myself. <laughs> not today. I'm too tired. But yeah, homecoming in Dublin. Uh, I went to the Q&A beforehand, which was done by Joe Cabray, the booker, uh, Luther Ward, Martina, Jordan Devlin and Keith Lee. And I have to say, like, it was a pretty respectful Q&A. There was kind of no, you know, off the wall questions that, you know, people get offended by. Like the crowd were pretty respectful and they asked some intriguing questions about like, oh, Jordan's import killer gimmick, where did they see that going, names that they would bring over, um, you know, talking about the the wrestling scene for the future. But to be honest, I'm going to toot my own horn here and say that I had the best question. Uh, Keith Lee, who hadn't been asked a question yet, I had to ask him, why did he have Mewtwo on, his, on some of his tights? And second of all, what are his thoughts on Dragonite, the Pokemon? <laughs> what were his thoughts on Dragonite? Um, he said he is the, the best dragon Pokemon and I commended that, you know. And then I was talking to him later and we said that he, well, he said that Dragonite is the most professional Pokemon. Ooh. So there are some hot scoops for you all. Keith Lee, Dragonite, the most professional Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and were there any other highlights from the Q&A? Um... There is a few, like, there's a few, like, talking about, like, oh, should unions be brought in for wrestlers? And then the crowd demanded Be Cool to be brought out. Really? Our, our good friend Be Cool, yeah. So he was then brought out, and I, <laughs> I don't know if I should really say this on a podcast, but um, he was asked, uh, what are his highlights of his trip to Rio de Janeiro? <laughs> um, other than winning the, the gender-neutral title, and he said, the prostitutes. The prostitutes. There we go. Wow. Uh, so yeah, um, that's be cool for you. The crowd didn't know what to do. Uh, Cabre's <laughs> head was in his hands. <laughs> and yeah, so be cool coming out of a shell at the Q&A, which is vastly different. I remember he was at the Q&A at WrestleCon in 2016 and she's quite quiet and kind of reserved, but uh, clearly not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, he had some other controversial words as well today um, on his promo. Oh, yes, I saw that. There's explicit language on the latest OTT promo that went up on Twitter. Be cool. We love you. It's okay. It's okay. 
But actually, yeah, <laughs> on to the actual show now. <laughs> so what was our first match? To start the show, we had Trent Seven come out. He was meant to... Who was he meant to wrestle first? Ryan Smile. Ryan. No, because no. Ryan Smile was our oh. replacement. Oh. Trent, was Trent, Trent Seven wasn't meant to be on the show. He, oh, he, he re- was yeah. the replacement. He replaced Dunn and Bate. Was it? Yeah, I think so. I don't know which one. Know he replaced Pete Dunn. Sorry, he replaced okay. Pete Dunn because uh, Ryan Smile was meant to be against Pete. So then, yeah. And then Ryan Smile wasn't at the show due to um, an injury in his Pythagoras theorem in the isosceles, <laughs> as Trent Seven put. Still actually very confused as to what's wrong with Ryan Smile, but... Yeah, so he needed a new opponent and he challenged anybody in the crowd. Which led to cheers of Yup the Tuck for Mr. Dom <laughs> Tucker of Five Factory fame, who was sitting in the crowd and I actually tripped on my way out to the bathroom oh. and fell on the lap of Dom Tucker. <laughs> uh, very embarrassed about that. I, th- I think it was him, I'm pretty sure. Probably. Uh, yeah, so Yup the Tuck is my, my saviour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's just say probably the greatest music in OTT then hit once it he challenged is. the back. Our favourite contender, who's not a contender, came out and the place went absolutely nuts. <laughs> it was actually a genuinely heartwarming reception for LJ, who was meant to be the, again, we've said it before, the little shitty heel who, um, he doesn't want to be cheered. But God, that was brilliant. I think, I have to say, um, again, I, the minute Trent put out the open challenge, I was like, it's going to be LJ has to be LJ. It just think? Me. Yeah, I said it. And you you can ask my like ask anyone who was around me. I was like it's going to be LJ. And then those first few chords of it's a beautiful light hit and I was like I knew it. Yeah, the crowd <laughs> were cheering and dancing and it was amazing. He came out. He took the microphone. He absolutely slaughtered Trent Seven on the microphone, much like he did the night before to the <laughs> Super Nintendo's on the Fight Factory card, which I'll get to a bit later. But yeah, he called Trent Seven Tyler Bates fat, ugly, da. And that hit that hit Trent hard. He uh Yeah, he completely destroyed him. He did. And it was fantastic. But yeah, this was a really good match. LJ Morden held his own in the ring. He looked really good. Trent looked really good. It was it was pretty sticky, but it was Yeah, I think it was it was a good opener and it was actually really nice to see LJ in a in a wrestling match, not not to say that his matches before weren't wrestling matches, but he got to do a bit more and kind of got to show I'm not just this character. I can actually work in the ring, and I'm and he's and he's very very good for his age, and I think Trent played his role perfectly as well, and it really really got the crowd fired up for the night. And there's some sound effects as we're doing this live for the first time. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up for me for this match. Yeah, thumbs up really really set the the tone for the evening yep then we had mark haskins versus adam brooks yeah this was a really really good match it was uh, adam brooks's debut in ott and he was also a last minute replacement yes he was i think he was the replacement for uh bubblegum okay yeah um but yeah it was really good um he established himself as the bad guy in this match very, very early on by attacking Mark Haskins. This match was looking really good at the beginning and then I had to 
go to the bathroom and go to the bar and it took so long I missed most of the rest of it. Oh no, like it, it was really good. It was um, a lot of, you know, him working on Haskins and then Haskins kind of battling back with, you know, Haskins style with his, all of his submissions and stuff. It was a really, really strong match. The crowd really got behind Mark Haskins here after being booed at the stadium show yeah. for being, for just being against Jordan Devlin, not for any of his uh, wrongdoings. He, yeah, he was... The, you know, the Mark Haskins that OTT know and love and I think the crowd really love him here. Yeah, I watched the end of this match from the bar. It was the only time I went to the bar during the show. Once once I did it once and saw how long it took, I just I didn't want to go back. But I could see it from uh, the very back and it looked like it like everyone was really into it, but I don't have a whole lot to say about the Yeah, like there isn't really too much to say. Like the, like it was a really, really really strong match. It was good, nothing wrong with it. Um I'd be happy to see Adam Brooks back in OTT. I have one question about Adam Brooks. Your question. <laughs> Don't edit this out either. Okay, Alan has a question about Adam Brooks. He wants to know if the loose ledge is a cricket reference. And specifically, he wants to ask Martin Bentley this. <laughs> Alright, I think... First thing I want to ask Martin Bentley because Martin Bentley is a man who knows things, and Martin Bentley will be able to tell me this. And also, he's English, and English people know cricket. So, my in my head, because he's Australian and his nickname was a reference, I didn't understand. I just went with cricket, and then my mind went to loose ledge, being it's like the top of a wicket, but it's loose, and the ledge of it is kind of peering over the legs. So that's kind of what it's like. Maybe because it's a loose ledge. It's easier to bowl and get someone out. That's my thought. Cricket reference, because he's an Aussie. And do you think Martin Bentley has listened to this podcast? I would hope so. Maybe somebody else can answer it. I know one thing. He listens to my podcast. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Nobody listens you. to your podcast. <laughs> okay, so moving on from Alan, <laughs> who is very close to getting banned from the podcast. And then we had a match featuring your best friend. <laughs> My best friend, yes. <laughs> it was Be Cool, Angel Cruz, Session Moth Martina, and my personal favourite wrestler, Chuck Taylor. I have to say, um, <laughs> for the start of this match, I was uh, just a bit overwhelmed about seeing Chuck Taylor live. It, it probably sounds very strange to most of you as like, why is that such a big deal? But you know, honestly, Chuck Taylor's been one of my favourite wrestlers for, I'd say, about eight or nine years now. And to see him live, even if it was in this uh, comedy role, was a, was a treat for me. I even had to kind of sit myself down and gather myself together <laughs> during his entrance. This was a very typical comedy match, though. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of spots in this that I called very early on. Chuck refused to hit Martina because he's a Kentucky gentleman and she is a woman. And his mother taught him not to hit a woman. And uh, he left halfway through the match. And it was at that moment I was like, he's going to put on a wig. <laughs> and I, to be fair, I said dress. He did not put on a dress. He put on a leopard print onesie like Martinez. And came out. Yeah, he was the session chuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised about this at all. Alan's laptop again, I swear he's ridiculous. Yeah, this match really it really teased the dissension and 
even leading on to a breakup between the Angel Cruisers, Angel Cruz and Be Cool. Chuck Taylor was great in this, Martino was good. It, it was a lot of fun and it was on a show as well where it wa really was the only comedy match. So, I mean, it was great to break things up. Yeah, it, it played its role very well and there's a lot of spots that I definitely popped for. But then again, I, I think I'm very biased when I'm talking about this match, so I had to be very careful. Like, there's about one point, uh, Chuck Taylor just shouts murder while he's hitting someone. And that's one of, I think that's one of the funniest things. So for me, yeah, this was a, this was a treat, I have to say. I'm going to be honest and I'm going to tell my true feelings. I wasn't very excited for this match when it was announced because I wanted to see Chuck Taylor maybe in a one-on-one -on -one singles match with someone. Just purely because... You know, I don't need to repeat myself again. Um, and Belfast got Mark Haskins against Chuck Taylor, which they wrestled each other previously on a Fight Club Pro show in August, which was really, really good. So I was kind of like hoping for maybe something like that. But, you know, on the night, I absolutely like enjoyed this match. Like all my thought, previous thoughts on it you know, were put to bed and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you gotta get yourself that VOD of Belfast. Oh, for sure. That's once that's out, I'm definitely gonna download that. Next up, we had one of my favorites, Zack Saber Jr. versus Travis Banks. I'm not as high in Travis Banks as everyone else is, but this match was insane. It was really, really good. I had actually never seen Zack Saber Jr. live before. First ever OTT show that I went to, he was meant to be on the card, and he got injured so he wasn't able to attend and then the next time he came over um, I was actually away not at a wrestling show and I was devastated to be missing him it was him against Pete Dunne at that show that so was an amazing match. yeah I um, beat myself up about it but sure look it was a long time coming to see Zack Sabre Jr. live and boy it was worth the wait I feel like with Zack Sabre Jr. matches I, I don't even you know, I have to sit there and concentrate because everything he does is with purpose and every little thing means something to the match. And Travis played his role perfectly as well. I think this was a very well put together match and the crowd were really, really got into this and it got a standing ovation at the end. It was that good. Yeah, it felt like one of Zach's evolved title matches. It had that kind of aura about it. The place as well felt like a place that WN would run WrestleMania weekend, just a big barn, very much like <laughs> WrestleMania 31 weekend. But Zack was incredible in this. It was like a main event, even though I would say it was only the third best match on the show. Maybe fourth, actually, sorry. It really was. It probably was only the third or fourth best match on the show, and it could have been a main event anywhere. Yeah, I think at the time on Twitter, I even said like, oh, this is one of the greatest matches I've ever seen. Because really, straight after the match, I was just like, that was fantastic. And I think it is me just being a massive Zack Sabre Jr. fan. And I really love his style and everything that he does. And yeah, this was, I think this was Zack, you know, near his best. It was. What was his finisher? It was crazy submission. It was... I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. It was. It looked sore anyway, whatever it was. Yeah, and I think Travis Banks, it needs to be said, like he is on a tear right now. And I really hope he's back in OTT more. I think he had a few, like maybe visa issues and last year and missed a few shows. But it's great to see Travis Banks back. He's always a really good guy to have on a show and you can put on a, a good match with anyone, I think. Yeah. 
And then we move on to possibly the greatest match in OTT history. You're probably going to tell me that you didn't think this was the best match on the card. But to me, this match was as high a standard as anything I've ever seen live at an independent wrestling show. Um, you know, I actually agree with you. Um, I couldn't get over the fact that we just saw what I consider to be one of the greatest matches that I'd ever seen. And then we went to this and I was like, oh, that just topped it straight away. It was so good. The storytelling, this match of Keith Lee being an, just a giant, like Bailey being, I don't know. <laughs> little karate kid. <laughs> a little karate kid. Um, not, not so much. But <laughs> Keith wasn't a heel in this match. He was still a good guy and people were still chanting for Keith Lee. I was shouting for Keith Lee. I love speedball too. Don't get me wrong. But I was behind Keith Lee in this. I think most crowd are behind Mike Bailey, but there were a few people cheering for Keith Lee. And it was just amazing. It was like Mike Bailey would not quit in this match. And it was just incredible. You need to see this match, no matter where you're listening from. You need to get that OTT on the man subscription and watch this match. It was definitely match of the night and possibly the best match in OTT history. It's right up there with the best of everything. I mean, there might be one or two matches, independent wrestling matches I saw last year that, that might just trump it a little bit, but uh, yeah, this is OTT greatest match ever, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I actually don't think there's anything we can say that can do it justice because the story tells itself in this match. Like, and then the winner of it, you know, got their, got a spot at Scrappermania. And at the end, I was like, why can't we have both of them at Scrappermania? I want, like, I would, I want to see these two guys everywhere. I, anywhere I go, like once they're announced for a show, you know that you're going to get an absolute cracker of a match. And I think this was the this was the first time they'd ever faced off, and I really hope it's not the last time. Yeah, they need to do this again, and they need to do this everywhere. This needs to be Ricochet versus Will Ospreay of 2018. Obviously, the crowd weren't invested in the match in the sense of knowing the characters overly well or there being any storyline as to why they were having this match. It was very much a PWG kind of two top class guys been thrown together. And we got to hear Keith Lee's team song twice. And they got the right one this time and I was very happy and I sang along and it was good times. Very good times. And then straight after this match we got our Scrapper Mania announcements. And we, I think everyone thought the night couldn't get any better. And uh, wow, I think I had my head in my, like just my hands on my head. Sorry, my hands on my head. <laughs> you know, straight after these matches and then Scrapper Mania announcements. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for the, the announcements. But yeah, they came before we went to intermission. It is March the 20th. No, it's, it's 14th. In- it's in May. It's, oh, yeah, Scarpman is a day, day, day of the Eurovision. How dare you, OTT? The holy, sacred day should be banned. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we won't, I won't go on a tangent about 14th Eurovision. of May. <laughs> 16th of May. 16th of May. It's, it's in May. It's in May. <laughs> the Eurovision, which we love. Ireland does very well in the Eurovision. We love the Eurovision. If you're not familiar with the Eurovision, it's very camp. It's fantastic. We all love it. There's a massive crossover between wrestling fans and Eurovision fans. It was a sad realisation that we came to last night on Wrestling Twitter when we realised that, yes, Scrappermania was the same day as the Eurovision. And we're not happy about it, and I'm not sure what, what we can really do about it. We could not go to Scrappermania, which would seem... I don't know. It might have to happen. 
I seriously thought about it last night. I, I really kind of questioned Eurovision. The greatest spectacle on earth. Or Scrappermania. And we haven't even told people who's on Scrappermania yet. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can get into the final, I think OTT needs to put that up on the big screen. Yeah, you see, we're going to get two two great men in Tomohiro Ishii and Minoru Suzuki. Now you think Kaze Nina Air is an absolute jam? Well, I'm sure the winner of the Eurovision this year is going to have an even better jam. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should come out to uh, whatever Eurovision song's on at the time. I'm sure Minoru Suzuki would love it. Yeah, I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, we're getting Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii and Will Ospreay and Keith Lee. Matt Riddle, Jeff Cobb, Chosen Bros. Yeah, it's absolutely stacked. It's, to me, so much better than the Being the Elite show. I think Minoru Suzuki, like, when Ishii was announced, I'm not going to lie, um, I kind of had a feeling that Ishii was going to be announced because he was announced for a Rev Pro show that was on the night before. So, obviously, I, I still lost my mind when he was announced because it was confirmed. But then Minoru Suzuki... <laughs> I I actually hurt my friend's ear because I screamed so loudly <laughs> because I just wasn't expecting it even though he, he's resting a lot more um, around the world now I just to hear that name and to hear that music that's going to be absolutely insane I've never seen him wrestle before so I'm su- super excited for this can't wait to hear him laugh at people I can't wait to see him kick someone in the face that sounds mean, but yeah, he's going to kick one of those contenders right in the face. I don't know how they're going to... They're running a contender show the next day. I don't know how that's going to go down. There's not going to be any contenders left <laughs> to wrestle. He needs to get contenders and kill everyone. <laughs> that's my dream now. So uh, after intermission, everyone's still kind of in awe of what we just heard. We had the title match, which was contested between Jordan Devlin and Timothy Thatcher. And I think Timothy Thatcher was pretty well represented in the crowd this night yeah i was head to toe draped in ring camp merchandise every last bit i had i brought with me i hooked you up with a sweet timmy thatcher appreciation badge yeah yeah it, it was pretty sweet i think there's a few people behind me as well with the timmy thatcher scarves and i was like okay i'm glad i'm not the only one in my section of the of the uh arena and i stood proudly as he entered i was holding my scarf high in the air with Alan who was really tall so if you see me on the VOD I'm on my tiptoes and looking very uncomfortable doing it because we were trying to get our one higher than the people in front of ours because they had the front and we had the back of the scarf. I felt my my section was um, very much in favour of Timothy Thatcher, the group of people I went to the show with, my friends. <laughs> as opposed to me on the other side of the room not her friend attending with a massive Jordan Devlin fan <laughs> yeah pretty much but yeah it was so cool Timmy Thatcher came out first being the contender and then Jordan Devlin came out and Tim Thatcher didn't take his eyes off Jordan Devlin he absolutely stared him out of it he was sizing up the champ it just it was a great visual he had all Tim's facial expressions throughout the match were incredible he did a great job. I would say majority of the crowd didn't know Tim Thatcher going in, but they'll remember him and he got a great ovation at the end. The match was incredible. Any other night, this would be match of the night. Everyone was just talking about how it was 
everyone was just talking about how ridiculous it was that people used to say that Timmy Thatcher was bad, um, which it was, and I, I told them. I, I mean, I was always a massive Timmy Thatcher fan. You can go back and read my tweets. I, w- I was giving out to people about this like two years ago. But yeah, this match was incredible. Jordan, of course, retained. Like I went into this match, obviously I was very familiar with Timothy Thatcher. I'd never seen him live though. And I have to say, I think he actually is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. He is so, so good. He slowed everything just down to his own pace. It was slow and meticulous and just everything looked so good. That's what I really want from, from wrestling matches. I think he, he was just perfect and it was such a change of pace to everything that we'd seen before, which made it perfect. They, in fact, grapple fucked the two sweet out of the crowd. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what happened. I think everyone was a little bit gnaw after this match and I was very glad because I wasn't sure how the OTT crowd would take Tim Thatcher, to be honest with you. But yeah, again... Really, really strong match. I'm not sure if this was the second best match of the night or the third best match of the night because we had something special in our main event. I thought it would happen after the break, being that they had to erect a massive steel cage, which was far taller than I was expecting it to be, far rustier than I was expecting it to be, far sore looking than I thought it was going to be. It took the crew quite a while to put up this steel cage and they did a great job of it. And I was scared. And I think a lot of them were scared. It was a heavy duty cage. You need to see this. Mm. You need to see the show. It was it was something else. Um, I just can't get the songs that were played on the night out of my head. Because they obviously had to uh, kind of take another short break to put up the cage. And Hotel California played. And it was like the third time it played that night. So now I associate that with a cage. But yeah, it was all kind of the trainee guys having put up the ring. And I have to say, I was actually scared for my life. It was put together with cable ties and yeah, and all the yeah. rest. And There seemed to be a cage professional or some kind of a steel professional that was working with them. Yeah. I thought it was the camera guy first, but it wasn't. No, I think there had to be. like, I don't think we can really explain what this cage looked like. You all have to go see it because it would just look like a monster. And if it came apart, we would have all died. Yeah, we were kind of before the match started. We're like, okay, we're kind of off to decide. We're good if it falls down. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to fall right on us. It's going to fall on other people. We we legitimately did that, but um, no one, I, no one in the crowd was hurt. I think in the making of this cage match. No, nobody, nobody in the crowd got hurt. Some of the guys in the match definitely got hurt. Um, it was yeah. insane. We had a bleeding Zach Gibson at one point hanging around. Our portion of the crowd and made a big old bloody mess on the ground <laughs> but I, I don't even, I think it was his hand I don't know how it happened but really probably off the cage <laughs> yeah guys this match was I actually thought it was I won't lie it actually took me a bit of time to get into it Um, at the start I think it was just me it wasn't the match it was just me kind of coming to grips with everything that was happening but looking back they started off it was really good Um. The Rapture locked Damien Corbin and Duncan as orderly out of the cage and, and worked on Bonesaw. But they I had think, an incredible jacket. Yeah, just special shout out to that. I think that's a very important point that needs to be made. Bonesaw's jacket. Yeah, Bonesaw had an amazing jacket that said Bonesaw is ready on the back. I mean, what more could you want from a wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> Bonesaw, 
Bones thought he was ready. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. But was he ready? <laughs> he got locked in the cage by himself with the rapture. <laughs> um, yeah, the the build for this is really good. Like he, they were just beating the crap out of Bonesaw for ages, and whilst Corvin and and Duncan couldn't get in, the match hadn't officially started yet because all obviously all six guys had to be in the ring. And then, good lord, what did the Kings of the North do then? They finally got into the cage, and yeah, they they jumped off the top of the cage, both of them. It looked incredible. It was insane. It was. Yeah, I think Duncan Disorderly's one looked a little bit more spectacular because it was like a big frog splash, but Corvin took a serious bump off the top of the cage. Both of these were just, they were something else. Absolute lunatics. Absolute madmen. To do this off this cage, it was, I don't even know what to say about this match, it was insane. Yeah, in the beginning it was kind of like an anti-cage match because they were just brawling around the outside and we couldn't see anything and looking into the crowd where there wasn't much happening. But once they all got into the the cage and the match was just, I don't know, it was, it felt big and it felt special and I hope they use the cage again but I hope they don't use it too frequently. Maybe once a year, like the Kefikschlaf in WXW or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't think this is meant to be for... um you know every show or every few shows it was definitely something special and they enforced um the escape rules you had to escape the cage by climbing over the top or, or through the door so no pinfalls or submissions or anything and um that kind of made it a bit more interesting you know and you, they kind of played the tactics well zach gibson and shaw samuels escaped leaving charlie sterling all alone with the three members of the kings of the north and it was kind of a nice you know well they isolated bone saw earlier on in the match and now the Kings of the North had isolated Charlie Sterling through the fault of the Rapture by leaving him in there yeah. by himself. And it was just kind of, it was interesting and it, it told the story very, very well. I didn't catch the finish. There were so many people standing up that I missed the finish. All I know is that we had a big shock victory by the Rapture. Um, I, I saw the finish. I was lucky enough to see it. It was... um kind of Corvin was kind of crawling over to try and, and stop Charlie from escaping and and just grabbing his leg and just kind of missed him then at the, at the last ah. minute. It, it was done very well, but also, even though I did see it, I was still like, oh, wait, hold, wait, what? I just I just wasn't expecting the Kings of the North to lose, even though they've held the titles for a very long time. Very long time. But I just, I don't know why, I just never envisioned the Rapture winning the, the titles. I don't know why, because they're particularly good and we hate them so much they're so hated in ott even if zach gibson made the very good point that uh the cage wouldn't pass english health and safety regulations <laughs> and i kind of had to have, uh, agree with them it probably wouldn't yeah this cage was something else it was just so looking um <laughs> to see it to be believed it's not what they say. See, it's, I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Also on this show, just we skipped over it was the new OTT Heavyweight Championship was unveiled by William J. Humperdinck, who is now the second commentator. He brought out the bag at the end of the the title match and he was talking about how Jordan had done a great job as champion, but how OTT needed to evolve and at that moment, Jamesy just goes, 
Gabe's in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> and I just lost it. I absolutely lost it. So you can hear hear about five of us just pissing ourselves laughing as the new OTT championship belt is getting up in. <laughs> a really emotional moment as Jordan kind of is a shocked. <laughs> Jamesy, seriously. <laughs> Sorry. We'll think about that later. Just erupt. Watching it back as well. <laughs> Just such a tense moment of ODT needs to evolve and then Gabe's in the bag. <laughs> Just take water for the accent. Fuck's sake, Jamesy. Uh, but yeah, the again, all the reactions online to the show have been incredible. Everyone is very, very happy with it. I genuinely think there's absolutely no negatives to the show. I think it was just personally just a great night for me. I was actually unwell at this show. I actually was running a fever. But, um, so I think I was, you know, just very excited to be there anyway. <laughs> but it was great. Like, I have absolutely no negatives to say about this show. I think we always say that things are must-watches, but I think this time, like, genuinely, if it doesn't matter what kind of wrestling you're into. There's something for everyone on this show. And especially Keith Lee, Speedball, Mike Beatty. Is, you know, put that number one on your priority list. It's it's one of the greatest things I've seen live. Yeah. So OTG Homecoming. 10 out of 10. An absolutely amazing post I saw online after the show that I just have to share with you guys. Was by a guy named Declan. Declan asked. First thing is first. The lads with the Terry Thatcher scarves, where do you buy them? Secondly, as someone who does not watch indie wrestling, who are the Japanese guys that are booked on Scrapper Mania? And why did everyone cheer like Ireland won the World Cup when they were announced? <laughs> I don't watch indie wrestling, gets me. <laughs> Terry Thatcher scarf gets me. I need a Terry Thatcher scarf that says, like, where it says Timmy Thatcher, it needs to say Terry Thatcher, and where it says, I can't even say it. Matthews Hedick. It needs to just say, brace yourself. Brace yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, when, like, little braces kind of. <gasps> Why doesn't he release braces as merch? Sorry, the scarf's funny here. But yeah, yeah. No, somebody talk to Terry Thatcher and get him to release. I think they should. And um, yeah, I don't watch indie wrestling either. <laughs> Just Absolutely coach. crack me up. And he's dead serious as well. I can tell yeah. he's dead. He was dead serious. Um, so that, that was a great post. Um, I'm sure he'll uh, love, absolutely adore Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii when they come out. Oh, he will though. That's the thing. I'm sure he'll have a great old time. Um, I know he spent much longer talking about that show than we had planned to but it seemed necessary as it was just so amazing and we both feel it was the best OTT show ever. The night before however I went to another show it was the Fight Factory Pro Wrestling show in Eastwall episode 3 Dive Hard. It was an all ages show and it was all Irish talent. It was a lot of fun. It had a definite different vibe than, than the OTT show. There was plenty of families there and wouldn't look out of place on Powerbomb TV, but we had so much fun at this show. It started with uh, Michael May against Dmitry Kakovic. Um, Michael looked great in this. Dmitry looked good too. I think this was his first singles match. We had Debbie Keitel and Leah Tia in her first match against Katie Harvey and Lady Valkyrie. I thought 
Katie and Valkyrie's team was really good and the character kind of development there and just teasing a bit of um, dissension between the two. They'd been tagging together and Debbie and Leah as well look great in this. I really want to see some of these ladies have singles matches. I think lack of singles matches in Dublin is definitely a thing when it comes to the ladies. And we had Phil Boyd against your favourite, Jay Money. <laughs> yes. Shake your money, make it. Yeah, he did the entrance again. It was fantastic. He had Jay Money. He didn't distribute as much Jay Money as he did the first time. Running out. M must, running be, low. must be running low. I didn't get any Jay Money. <laughs> oh, no. I I'm still Jay Moneyless. Um, some of the guys I was with got some Jay Money. Phil Boyd is really funny in this match, as was Jay Money. Jay Money just seems like such a star. There was like kids asking for photographs with him after like an intermission, <laughs> and it's like this guy's second like match. That's that's crazy to me. I think Jay Money is a phenomenon now. Yeah, I think a lot of people are hearing about him, just purely hype from people who have been to these past uh, two shows. <laughs> Yeah, just like about 10 people going, he's amazing! <laughs> just shouting, shouting about J-Money. Justy defeated Nathan Martin, Super Nintembros and our good friend Be Cool defeated LJ Cleary and The Enterprise. Both of those matches were, were really solid. They they were a little bit sticky and they, they were good fun. The crowd really enjoyed them. Then we go, go to the best match of the night, I thought, which was Darren Kearney against Alexander Dean. This was a proper like decent independent wrestling match and it was definitely on the boat with them both Darren and Alexander Dean look great in this match it wouldn't be out of place on a Tivoli show or any wrestling show for that matter it was definitely a step up from everything else on the cards then we had Scotty Davis against Clayton Long and Martin Sears Scotty looked great in this he looked like a proper professional even though he's like 16, 17 <laughs> he held this match together I mean when anything went a bit wrong with the other two who are very much rookies in their first few matches, he caught everything. It was incredible just to watch Scotty in this. It's like he's a kid but he's so good already and he's gonna be a massive star. Clayton Long, good friend Clong with the crazy spin kick that I talked about <laughs> last time. He busted out some crazy stuff. He's a wild man. He... Oh, that's incredible. Like, I actually I, I've seen him I think I've seen him before in the last show. Yeah. Yeah, that's I need to see more of him. I don't know how many matches he's had, but he does some crazy shit that looks great. He's still, he he just needs to maybe, maybe he doesn't need to slow down. I don't know. Some of this <laughs> stuff doesn't work, but it doesn't phase him. He just keeps going. I mean, he's right too. He doesn't like when when something goes wrong, he just keeps going, and it it looks great. Uh, Martin Steers, I think it was probably his second match. He's Mister Rock Shandy, which if you don't know what Rock Shandy is, it's a fizzy drink you can only get in Ireland. A fantastic fizzy drink, by the way. I absolutely adore rock shandy. <laughs> so he comes out with two bottles of rock shandy, and yeah, the rock shandy got in the ring, and yeah, Scotty Davis is looking for a towel off members of the crowd to wipe up the rock shandy. Because I'm sure everyone carries towels around <laughs> with them. I actually bring a little hand towel to wrestling shows often because there's never any hand dryers, but I didn't have my my towel. Oh dear. The ref was trying to mop up the rock shandy with his hand and spreading it all across the ring. What's going to happen then if he needs to go for you know a count and his hand gets all sticky? It's sticky, yeah. Poor ref. Yeah, so they need to rethink this rock shandy thing. I mean, rock shandy's great, but... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just limit it outside the ring. <laughs> Trinketering or entrance. Do a, do a triple H on it and spit it out. Oh, they did that. 
Oh, he did that at the end, yeah. Oh. That was a celebration at the end. <laughs> they <laughs> they triple H the rock shandy. They all just picturing them like with the with the game playing the day the bit where Triple H does it. <laughs> Except yeah, it's one lady shandy. wasn't very happy with getting rock shandy all over her. No, I got rock shandy all over me at the previous show and I was really annoyed because it got in my coat and I was like, I have to get this dry clean now. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> But it was okay because it was his first Hazards match. Hazards are real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's what they mean when you're in the splash zone. <laughs> you're in the, yeah. the rock shandy zone. <laughs> that was it. that was that match was crazy fun. And then we had Jordan Devon against Sammy D again in a two out of three falls match with Sammy getting the first fall and Jordan getting the second two. Jordan came out in a really really nice new jacket that he had at the stadium as well. Mm. Leah of Twitter fame noticed that Jordan didn't have his FFPW Heavyweight Championship belt. Oh. And she asked, she said, Jordan, where's your belt? And she said it more of an already accent, like, Jordan, where's your belt? <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> that was really that was good. Yeah. That was a good Leah. Um, and he was like, Just, you forgot to bring it. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I think proper independent wrestling. Justy forgot to bring the title belt. Jeez, Justy, what are you thinking? What are you thinking, Justy? I did hear there was some other comments made towards Jordan at the show by um a particular Yupta Tuckman. Oh yes, um, before the match started, Mister Dom Tucker Yupta Tuck decided he was going to have his say, and he came out in a really fancy cardigan. I can only imagine he got from his granny or something. And he came out uh, to lay down the challenge. Jordan Devon, which he'd been doing all month on Twitter, trying to challenge Jordan for the FFPW Championship. He had some words for Jordan. What was he? All you'll ever be is a Funko Pop Finn Balor. It was harsh. I just just want to say, this was really funny to me because... um, I know Christmas was well over a month ago at this point, <laughs> but um, my, my good friend Shauna is an absolutely massive Jordan Devlin fan and also a Finn Balor fan because, you know, if you're a fan of one, you're kind of a fan of the other. <laughs> so for Christmas, I bought her a Finn Balor Funko Pop. <laughs> but did I not just buy her a Finn Balor Funko Pop? I then got myself a pen and a piece of paper and wrote Jordan, put Jordan Devlin labels all over <laughs> the box where it said Finn Balor. And I was, I gave it to her at the OTT show the next day. And then when I saw this on Twitter, that this was said, I was like, bollocks, bollocks. He beat you to it. Yeah, I hadn't given the the present yet. Yup the tuck. And uh, so on the day of OTT, I I gave my friend her present. We all popped big for it because it was funny. And then we decided to go get it signed by Jordan, who thought it was very funny. And I had to make it clear that this was my idea first. (laughs) This was not because of last night's actions, and this is me. This is me trying to be funny with my friend. But yeah, did he sign it? He did, and he signed a um, Funko Pop Finn Jordan that one. <laughs> Jordan's pretty funny, actually. My nephew went up to get a photo signed at the Contender Show, and he said to my nephew, who had absolutely no idea what he was talking about, "Sorry about Karen, Louis," and he was like, "What? I'm very sorry about Karen tonight." <laughs> Who's Karen? <laughs> Session mod. Do you know his uh, t-shirt is like, Karen? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, but I was like, your, your nephew was yeah, from Yeah, my like, nephew's like, we had no idea. Yeah, it's like, who's Karen? 
so yeah that was the fight factory show i definitely recommend that anyone check those out they're not as highly produced as ott shows but it's like proper you know in the proper independent wrestling it's a fun time it was pretty full i mean they could have said it was sold out and i believe them i think there were some tickets on the door but that place was full so definitely next one it's easter weekend it's good friday actually yeah i saw that actually on on twitter and um yeah, hope like I might be going to the show. I also really want to go to uh, Fight Club Pros Night One of their tag team tournament. Um, oh, is that the same night? Same weekend as as uh, OTT and Fight Factory. But uh, I just really want to go see uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. So I haven't made my mind up yet. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's going to be a yeah. That was the Irish wrestling. They were the shows we went to. Also. There was the Royal Rumble and NXT, which are both absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I usually don't stay up for every single show anymore. I just, I feel like I'm getting older now and I, I can't... I can't <laughs> You're getting older. I'm <laughs> getting old and I can't stay up late anymore. I fall uh-huh. asleep, but uh, I, I'm very proud of myself. I stayed awake for these two shows. Um, NXT was, <laughs> I think everyone's uh, heard now, like... Uh, Almas against Gargano, five star match by Big Dave and deservedly yep. so. Um, Incredible. I think. Never, never mind Johnny Gargano. I think at this stage, I think everyone knows how good he is, and he's just like the purest babyface in WWE right now. And he's someone that you really want to get behind and and introducing Candice LeRae into the fold, who is also an uber babyface. You know, you, you can't help but cheer for them. Like, Andrade Almas is, uh, you know, El Idolo. Sexy Manny Sambra. Jesus, he's a very sexy man. Um, He he is... I don't know where it started for him in NXT that people thought he couldn't wrestle and he got booed. I think maybe it was the fedora and the suspenders that put people off. But I remember I saw him when he joined NXT. He was over in Dublin for a house show. And I... I always thought he was really, really good. So I'm really happy now that he's getting the praise and the attention he deserves as NXT champion. Yeah, I can just imagine how over he's going to be in New Orleans this year. I think he's going to be the guy that everyone is chanting about and singing songs about. Alan has already made up some songs about him. I might get him to sing the songs later if... Welcome him, him. welcome him back on. Welcome back on. If I can find him, if he comes back. This match was... WWE match of the year so far. It has to be. And I don't really foresee anything topping it because, and that's not to discredit everything else that's going to happen in WWE. This was just mind blowing. And I just, I got sucked in. And I, I think it's very rare w- watching now that I get sucked into a match like this. By Jesus, like, it's stupid how many good matches we've had in 2018 so far. Yeah, because I remember like there were shows on the same day, which we'll we'll kind of we won't get into great detail later, but we'll kind of discuss New Japan. Like this happened the same day as the same weekend as great great shows, and even the match beforehand, um, Alistair Black against Adam Cole. This had an absolutely sick chair bump in it. Adam Cole on the top of two chairs, oh, skin crawled. I wasn't a big fan of Adam Cole's stuff in WWE so far, or NXT so far, but this match changed my mind. I thought he was great in this. Him and Alistair Black just absolutely killed it in this match. And I would have been happy if the show ended here. 
but the main event was just next level stuff again. Also, I loved Ember Moon against Shayna ba Baszler on this. Uh, my first time really seeing Shayna Baszler, and she is cool. Um, she's badass. <laughs> yeah, like, and they gave her that MMA, the USC kind of entrance as well. Yeah, you know, coming out from from backstage, which I thought was really really cool and a good touch. Yeah, I think Ember Moon is my favorite women's wrestler in WWE at the moment as well. So I love this match. I thought two of them did really really great in this. Especially Shayna, because she can't be wrestling that long. No, I don't think she is. It can't be more than like three or four years. Um, my knowledge of um, the American indies and you know women's wrestling in America isn't as strong as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But I I don't remember seeing her name around for that long. Yeah, but everything in this was really good. Like even Velveteen Dream against Cassius Onos, as you're gonna say, Chris Hero. Um, just the build up for this and, and, and um the Velveteen Dream saying that he was gonna knock out Cassius and he came out in the in the kind of kind of like the fight trunks it was a great touch. Like the Velveteen Dream is a character that is just so over and to see the guy that he was and tough enough <laughs> to to now is uh, <laughs> his features are incredible. He's so yeah, pretty. He, he is a pretty man. Just, he could just be a model, he could just leave tomorrow and just be modeling. 100% statuesque with everything. Ridiculous cheekbones and everything. It's like this match kind of came unglued at the end. Um but I'd still say it was very very enjoyable and, and and told a very good story and I suppose you know you if you know he had a bit of trouble like lifting and holding Cass Cassius uh, at times in the match so it did kind of a little bit it wasn't an incredible match, but it was good. And I like the story in it, and yeah, yeah. And then the the beginning of the show was Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and Kyle looked very stupid in this entrance, uh, mm -hmm. playing air guitar with his with his title belt. That made me chuckle because it was just so nerdy. <laughs> um, against the authors of Pain, who I've grown to actually like when I did watch NXT more so regularly than I do now. Back in the day, I I wasn't too kind of hot on them i just thought they were but you know two big lads not up to much but i think they've kind of definitely come into their own a bit more and yeah it was it was a fine match a good opener you know two steady hands in, in kyle o'reilly and, and bobby fish yeah that's nxt i mean we're not going to go into too much detail on it because like you've probably heard about five people viewing it already yeah there's <laughs> not much else we can say not much else we can say about it but definite thumbs up for this takeover much like the last takeover um nxt is on a roll i did watch nxt this week i've been keeping up with my yeah resolution yeah me too uh, yeah i'm gonna keep up with my nxt watching then the next night we had the royal rumble and it was the best royal rumble in years oh by far i think you know i think putting the women's rumble on last i actually think worked out really well as well and um, I, I really really enjoyed both matches i would say i enjoyed both matches actually equally and they're both for very different reasons and um, i think the the women's match was a very good one you know it was the first women's rumble and they played the kind of the surprise entrances very very well yeah it was it was great to see all the surprises i don't think there was anybody that was like oh my god except for molly holly Molly Holly was a shock to me. I was yeah, I was not expecting that because all the rest of them you kind of saw that were on Raw, um, the the anniversary show, and you kind of knew that like it was going to be there because you know she was mm -hmm. oh, she's been in contact with the company a lot recently and doing various 
jobs and roles for them. But yeah, even but I actually love seeing Jackie. I was like, wow, Jackie's like, I think in her fifties and still <laughs> kicks ass. Yeah, she really does. Everyone was great in this. It really kind of first time when you see all the women together, you know, because they're all so split into different brands and stuff. And just to see, besides the legends or the past WWE wrestlers, to see the ones that are all there now and to see the amount of talent they had. Uh, it was incredible. Um, I'm going to say Ember Moon is probably my favourite, but God, Becky was great in this. I was delighted to see Becky get a decent amount of time in here, and I, I am very biased, obviously. I, I, I think it's hard not to be when it comes to Becky Lynch. She's just great, and, you know, she really, really shined, and, you know, Sasha Banks did as well, yeah. the Iron Woman of this match. To be honest, my favourite moment, though, was actually the square-off between Asuka and Ember Moon, with, with Asuka kind yeah. of mocking Ember for her... For, uh, injured arm that Shayna destroyed the night before. I just think it was a nice kind of touch. It was. It was, like, not so long ago, but a nice little kind of throwback as well. Yeah, definitely. I kind of knew Becky was going to stay in for a long time when I saw her gear. She had working gear on. She she yeah. had gear that was going <laughs> to work with her for the night. There, there was, you know, it wasn't as glitzy or glammy mm. as usual. It was proper, I'm going to be in this Royal Rumble for a long time gear, and she was, and she was incredible in it. Also, Asuka was great in it. I thought she came in later than I was expecting. Yeah, I thought she would have kind of come in and maybe not clean house, but, you know, kind of stake her claim. I suppose you had Nia Jax there as well, who kind of came in to um to uh, throw everyone out. Yeah. Vicky Guerrero's spot in it was great too. It was, and I think it was very well timed and it was done perfectly if they were ever going to do it. And I think... You know her, her, uh, her and Carmella's little interaction then when she got eliminated was was very good, and I think, I think before the match, I was like, everyone's like, oh, Ronda Rousey's gonna be number thirty, and Ronda Rousey's gonna come out. To hear Trish Stratus's music, I think, was really good, and then her little face off with Mickey James, another nice kind of throwback to the past, was very good. It was, and I hate the cliche of you still got it, but I think. These ladies in this match definitely still have it, the ones making their uh, return. Yeah. When it came down to the final four, I really didn't know who was going to win. I thought it was going to be one of the battles. I was kind of like, oh, they're going to have Nikki win, aren't they? Yeah. yeah <laughs> um, but I think they did it very well. I actually really enjoyed the end sequence. And mm-hmm. But um, I think, I forget who I was talking to, but someone said that they would have liked maybe Asuka to throw out the two Bellas to kind of really show her dominance. But I think Nikki throwing out Brie was, was really good. Yeah, I, I liked that up for you know maybe a bit of something down the line. Yeah, definitely a, a a very strong match. And okay, people have their thoughts on on Ronda Rousey coming out afterwards, um, in her Rodley Piper jacket and shirt and and the bad reputation music. But uh, to be honest, I I expected her to play some role somewhere, you know, around WrestleMania season. So I'm not going to be very negative. I'm going to see how it plays out. Like you never know. Oh, I'm not negative at all about it. I think it's going to be great. Great for all of them. I just didn't think she was very good. You know, like, a character-wise and acting. Yeah. No. I have no negativity about her being there or having the match. I think she's going to really do a great job of promoting WrestleMania. And she's signed now, so she's there. And she's going to bring everyone else up with her. But she needs to work on the acting. She needs to work on that point. Very weak. Very weak yeah. point to the <laughs> sign. It's point. important. The point. The point, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was the Women's Royal Rumble. 
Oh, Alan's coming back in. Alan, would you sing your Manny Sombra song for us, please? Manny Sombra song? Oh, you mean NXT champ, NXT champ, NXT champ, NXT champ. He lost his mask, got off the gas, he's sexy Manny Sombra. Yeah, it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> On to the men's. Um, just a uh, shout out to Finn Balor. I think he was absolutely great in this match and, and good to see him get a lot of decent time. Yeah, much like Becky, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Hmm. Why do we <laughs> like them so much? <laughs> but yeah, I, I get... I, this is the most enjoyable men's rumble. Well, there wasn't a women's rumble before this, but the most enjoyable rumble, definitely, that I can remember in the past few years, like you said. Yeah, Ray coming out was an actual shock. Yeah, it was. Big surprise. Like, I I think usually in rumbles you kind of expect things to happen at certain points, and, and this one it just didn't. It, it didn't seem very formulaic to me. It seemed different and fresh and... and you know, I actually really enjoyed Shinsuke winning. Um, I know people, he hasn't been exactly great in, in WWE and he hasn't exactly been putting on stellar matches, but I think him against AJ at WrestleMania is going to be very good. I think he's going to pull it out of the bag. So do I. He was always hit and miss, even in New Japan. He was never consistent, but when it comes to a big show, he will deliver. Unless something goes completely wrong. I think he doesn't deliver because he doesn't put the effort in. So I think he's going to put the effort in for WrestleMania. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker of a match for AJ. Definitely. This match, the, this Rumble match, like full of surprises. I think everyone expected Dolph Ziggler to come out, which he did, and to put on this performance and even kind of make it to the, the final few. But it turfed out quite quickly. <laughs> um, I was kind of like, wait, what? Hold on. I thought I he was no meant to go on a run. <laughs> I used to really, really like Dolph Ziggler. Now I'm talking about a few years ago. And just lately, I just couldn't give two <laughs> beeps about him. Just like two beeps. Just what's like? There's nothing special about him anymore. Like he used to be like the workhorse, and you know, and you know, get a good match out of everyone. But WWE is so stacked with talent nowadays that like that doesn't really matter because so many people are workhorses and can get good matches out of anyone. I really liked. At uh, number 10, Ty Dillinger was meant to come out and it would have been the second year in a row with the with the 10. and, and um, I didn't even cop that. Yeah, Sami Zayn attacking him after him and, and Kevin lost against AJ earlier in the night to, to take his spot. And uh, Sami didn't get very far and I just think it was really funny. Kevin tweeted later like, what the hell man, I thought you got this. And uh, <laughs> Sami did not have it. But yeah, really enjoyable match. I'm trying to think of the cameos. I can't think of any of the cameos. There wasn't too many. Well, obviously we had uh, El Idolo come out, who was number seven, I think. And um, every year we do like our, pick our numbers beforehand. I think I was seven and 21, and, and he was one of them. So I was very happy with that pick. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I always like it when it's someone I like. So he did very well in this match and really shown. Um, good to see him get a, a spot in this match. Oh, Rey Mysterio. There we go. That's one of the big names. The crowd absolutely went wild for him. And deservedly so after years prior them booing him out of the building yeah. for being number 30. Very mean. The other matches on this card were okay, I guess. I wasn't blown away with any of the other matches here. They were all okay. I did like the storyline in the WWE title match. 
that led him to the Royal Rumble. Like they had that, they had that um injury thing with with Jason Jordan, with him getting concussed and people being mad at him for not wanting to wrestle with a concussion. It's like, yes, you're a bad guy because you don't want to hurt your brain more. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was... I don't know. I think, to be honest, my big problem with uh, the Rumbles is I'm so excited about the Rumbles yeah. that I don't really care about the other matches. And that's, I think that's just me. <laughs> just being like that. Yeah, even the Universal title match, I didn't really care. Um, I'm not going to lie. Matches like that don't really interest me anyway. I've nothing against anyone in the match. Just, okay. yeah, just whatever. Yeah. It was sick table bumping up. Yeah, that was pretty sick. And Bronze giving a stiff knee to Brock and <laughs> Brock retaliating with those punches that are insane online now. But again, I think this was worth the watch and worth staying up for. And it was nice to not go asleep angry for once after a Royal Rumble. I didn't stay up because I had a big day of work on Monday. So I watched next night and I just really love the Royal Rumble matches. I'm just so excited. As you said, I'm so excited for the Royal Rumble matches. They're all that matter to me on this I didn't watch any of the free show stuff. I didn't watch any of the Bill stuff. I didn't even watch Raw the week before. I just <laughs> wanted to watch the Royal Rumbles. Um, I did watch every match on this card. I was a little bit zoned out, I'll be honest, for the Raw tag match because just after a big Royal Rumble. But I really enjoyed the two Royal Rumble matches much more than I was expecting to. I was excited for the women's one, but I was worried it wouldn't be great. But it was really, really good. And yeah, that's all I have on the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Uh, another thumbs up it's a very positive show tonight it's a very positive show but we will give out about things that we don't like them. it's just that wrestling has been so good in the last two weeks it it really, it really has, has. Not... like and even on this weekend there was two new Japan shows because you know you want to wake up the next day after NXT TakeOver watching New Japan at like half seven in the morning Irish time Nope. I, <laughs> I won't lie, I only watched a few matches on the show, but I think there's only kind of one thing worth talking about from New Japan, and that is Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega, the Golden Lovers reuniting, embracing, <laughs> confetti. It was like a scene out of a movie, and I freaked out about this. I wasn't really expect like I wasn't expecting it this soon, to be honest. Um, Cody's a bollocks anyway for what he did to Kenny. How dare you, Cody, betray the glorious Kenny Omega like that, saying that it was Adam Page's moment. Who cares about Adam Page challenging Jay White for the title? No one does. Kenny was trying to give Jay White his moment. I'm getting very annoyed about this now. <laughs> good, good. I'm very invested in this story. <laughs> I'm glad. Now. I'm glad you can give out about something. <laughs> God damn you, Cody. Um, yeah, this was this was really nice. And I think the whole internet exploded with the reuniting of the Golden Lovers and <laughs> what's to come. And not only did we have that on, on, on New Japan, but then the next day, I think the Monday, Being the Elite was released. Alan called me into the room to show it to me. First time watching First Being the Elite. First time watching Being the Elite. There we go. That's yeah. the... The impact. That's the impact. That's um, again. I I watch being. The, I, I've said this on every yeah. show. I watch being the elite. <laughs> like, I don't watch being. The, you may know that by now. Um, <laughs> but I did watch it. So I was kind of you know all my regularly scheduled programming for the week. Let's let's tune in. I was like, geez, this is a very long episode. 
blah, 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 you know, bit of, you know, Kenny seeing them in the airport, not wanting to talk to them, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a bit of dissension between Matt and, and Kenny, and which led into the New Japan show with Kenny accidentally shoving Matt, and it's all a big mess. But then you get to a scene with Kenny walking in a hotel room with uh, some lovely background music, kind of like, wonder where he's going to. Gets to room 710. You see the books opening the door, and who appears but Kota Ibushi on Being the Elite. Now the internet exploded. I, I, I saw this, I watched this when the video only had like 29 views. I was very, very, very early. <laughs> right the, in there. Had the alerts on, got the text message to watch it. So I didn't want to give anything away on Twitter and had people saying like, oh, I don't know, like being the D. I'm like, no, you actually have to watch it. This isn't me exaggerating. You have to watch it. Even sending it to friends, like watch being the D. And they're like, what, why? And I'm like, just watch it. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited to see what happens now with, with um, Kenny and Kota Ibushi. Whatever if people know their backstory or not, obviously I'm not going to delve into the complete backstory of the Golden Lovers. I think that's a uh, too long, <laughs> too long-winded. Um, but yeah, and then it's going to be Cody against Kenny Omega at Supercard of Honor WrestleMania weekend. I think for the leadership of the Bullet Club. But to be honest, I don't really care about that. I don't care about the leader of the Bullet Club. I want Kenny out of there. Who's the Ring of Honor champion? Uh, Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle. Okay, so it's not for the title. No. Yeah, I'm going to go to NXT. Instead, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not going to be there anyway. I'm not going to be either of the shows. What are you going to watch? I think I'll have to do like I did last year and do a double screen on it. You're going to double screen it? Yeah, it has to be done. Put an earphone in for uh, whatever's on the laptop. Have the other one on the on the big screen. Oh, I hope they've launched their streaming service by then. You won't have to. I think they've they're going to be launching it very very soon. Oh, good, good. It's about bloody time. I may watch that when I get back because I don't tend to rewatch the WrestleMania shows I've been to. Mm. Not for a long time anyway. So I probably will watch that if it's up in streaming service. I'll watch it when I get back. I have good seats for NXT, and I am fingers crossed going to see Mr. Alistair Black win the big one. That would be, yes. I really hope you do. I think he deserves it. He's been on an absolute tear. And I think people say, like, he is just a massive standout in NXT. And obviously he is. Like, Alistair Black has been very, very good for a very long time. Yeah, could have told them that three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> when he won 16 carat. Yeah. In 2015. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping Alistair Black wins the championship at WrestleMania weekend. And then Axel Dieter comes into the fold on NXT TV and we get a little bit of ex-leader Jr. versus Alistair Black again. I think I'll shed a tear if that happens. I think so. That's what I want. That's what I want for my wrestling in the second half of 2018. I really hope that happens because I think it's... I think he... I don't know why he's not on TV yet. I think he's... I think he should just be on TV right now. he should be the champion by now. I think he should just be WWE champion so by now. I, yeah, really, not, not sure why he wasn't in the Royal Rumble. I mean, it's ridiculous, but... There you are. Yeah. I think we should talk about him more in a later episode. I think so. Anyway, back to New Japan. <laughs> we bring Japan. you off on tangents. Yeah, <laughs> I love a good tangent. Um, also at New Japan this weekend, um, we saw Minoru Suzuki against Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Intercontinental title. And when this match was on, this was match of the year of 2018. And I really thought so. I was really invested, you know, Tanahashi, the broken man with... I don't know how long his lists of injuries were at this point in time. 
everything, his knee, his arm, his everything, his hair. Um, Suzuki absolutely ripped Tanahashi apart and won the won the belt, won the Intercontinental title. So it's like, haha, Goto, you may have won my never open weight title, but now I have the Intercontinental title, so you're stuck with that crappy belt. An absolutely fantastic match, but I suppose you can't really expect any less from them. Two absolute pros in the ring, and I think everyone is agreement that hopefully this means that Tanahashi is going to take some time off to recover and grow out his hair again. <laughs> Most importantly, grow out his hair again. I well, to be now, I cut my hair to be like his. I didn't really. I just wanted to get a haircut, <laughs> and uh, you know, he hurt my feelings when he came out at uh, Wrestle Kingdom with the extensions. I thought he was going to betray me. The ace betraying me. The beloved ace. But no, it's fine. He has a short hair again. <laughs> it's very important to me. That you have your hair exactly the same as Hiroshi. Yeah, yeah. At all, yeah, times. all times. You know, if he gets a diet a bit brown. Yeah. Might get, you know, might start dressing like him now. And, you know, I don't know, get a dog like him. You definitely get a dog. Yeah, I kind of want to. I want a dog anyway. So he put up a very funny picture of him. Eight pictures of his dog and another picture of him and his curly hair, which made me laugh. <laughs> and now I'm going on another tangent about hair and dogs. I need to stop. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check that out. I mean, I think New Japan shows, I think everyone... I tend to watch the full card. I think that's just the kind of person I am. I do like to watch full cards. And I know people don't really enjoy the multi-man matches, but I kind of enjoy the, the city antics that goes on. And I think they're building really well for um, Okada against Sonata, I think they're doing a great job of Okada being an absolute dick, which <laughs> I absolutely love. I think Okada's great in that role, um, trying to make Sonata talk and get Sonata kind of out of this cold skull kind of persona into a more aggressive Sonata. You know, you have the build up with um, Naito and Yoshihashi of all people, with Naito not really giving a crap about Yoshihashi, but Yoshihashi kind of making himself you know making Naito aware of him and you have Godo and Evil you know they're it's all the LIJ and Chaos boys pairing off and of course you have the Will Ospreay and, and Hiromu Takahashi with Hiromu always nearly harassing him on Twitter seeing if he's awake and seeing if he wants to eat chicken with him <laughs> um absolute Jeez, I need to be watching this. Why aren't I watching this? Oh, this is all on Twitter. If you actually go and see, there's a back, bit of back and forth between them. Uh, it's the only person Hiromu tweets in English <laughs> is Will Ospreay. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually very good. Um, I am Will Ospreay muted. That's probably why. Um, yeah, I don't follow Will Ospreay on Twitter, but I uh, have. I follow um, Hiromu, obviously. Uh, I cannot wait for those matches. I think they're going to be on very, very soon um, on the New Beginning Tour. I think they're building very well. I think Okada Sonata is going to be an absolutely fantastic match, but I think you know that's a given really at this stage. So the New Japan for the weekend. I think it, that weekend was a lot of wrestling and a very enjoyable weekend with a lot of great matches and yeah. Hopefully we're going to get quicker at doing these podcasts as well because we had such a backlog of doing the year in review. So hopefully we can get these out faster. So we're talking about stuff that was a few days ago, so we can. Yeah, like that relevant that you relevant. haven't heard people talk about before. But yeah, hopefully we're giving a different perspective. I mean, yeah, of well, course. I mean, who else are you going to hear talking about uh, Tanahashi's dog? Well, I don't know. I'm the <laughs> podcast that talks about his dog. Yeah, a toy poodle. Oh yeah. So any other wrestling? 
Brown League. Any other wrestling? No, not current wrestling. I ended up watching some what I, of what I call the pushing wrestling. Oh. It's wrestling without ropes, and it's from Japan. And I hadn't had it on, and I was really enjoying it. And I don't even know who anyone was that was in it, but there was no ropes, and they were trying to push each other out of the ring, so it was kind of like a mixture between Zumo and wrestling. And I asked him, could we watch the next episode? And he said there was only one episode. So I oh. want to go back and re-watch all the pushing wrestling. So if anyone has watched the pushing wrestling, please tell me what, what it was. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. I just watched some old Dragon Gate USA. <laughs> Dragon Back back on my uh, old watching bullshit again. Which I said to myself that I'd stop, but I haven't. On your Clubs of the End subscription? No, I actually have it on DVD. Oh, yeah, okay. DVD. The opening match was uh, Chuck Tedder against Eric Cannon, which started off as a beer pong match. Eric Cannon was good. Whatever happened to him? I have no idea. He just floated around for a while in different places, but never... Yeah, I don't know. He seems to be around a lot the first two WrestleManias I went to. Well, not the first one, but the first two after. 28 and 29 was I think we need to put out a search warrant for Eric Cannon. Yeah, where is Eric Cannon? <laughs> Twitter campaign. But anyway. But anyway. So yeah, when you called over earlier tonight, we said we would watch something fun and maybe try to review something fun but after watching the show that we watched <laughs> i'm not sure we can really i suppose we can try and review it um we went to the coliseum home videos yes we did and we looked through and we were trying to see which one we should watch there is loads up there they all sounded very appealing but as we are wrestling around the world we decided to go for a world tour 1992 yes this was uh, lovely. We all started off with uh, Lord Alfred Hayes standing in front of Big Ben, introducing the show to us. Yep. It seemed to be a British Bulldog. Oh, I know things about the British Bulldog now that I never thought I'd know. Yeah, I mean, we know what he ate as a child. We know that he entered through the boys' gate at school, not the girls' gate. Or Alfred Hayes was very distinct on, oh, so you travelled through this gate as they're standing in front of the boys' gate. It was um, also established that when he said he played concrete football, he meant that he played concrete soccer, not the one with the pads that the Americans played, but on the concrete. We also, yeah, we also found out if he was a playful child or not um, when his parents were asked. Um, Sid, I believe his dad's name was. Sid, yes. Lord Alfred Hayes with, you know, the burning questions. You know, it was fascinating. And a lovely graphic popped up for the British yeah. Bulldog with an off-centred Matilda. <laughs> on a, on a, that was amazing. It was on, so off-centred. On a Union Jack. This is the kind of stuff that I love. Just really random interviews and stuff from the 90s and... Stuff you would have got in your local video shop if you're old enough. I remember my local video shop had a few of these WWE Silver Vision home videos they were in my day. They would have probably been somewhere between 5 to 10 years old and still being rented out when I was young. There was definitely, there was one called Hulkamania that was everywhere, I remember that one. I didn't see that one up on the network yet, but the one I, I own myself was called Smack Em Whack Em. And it featured Mr. Fuji being a feeder and feeding Yokozuna lots of rice and lots of fish. And the bushwhackers doing some home improvements. It was pretty amazing. Um, I got it off my cousin Stuart. Probably about five years after it was released. 
So definitely do check out Smack'em Whack'em as well. But back onto the world tour. They didn't really go that far. It was a world tour, but it was mainly just Germany and England and one match in Spain, I believe, and one WrestleMania match. Yeah, I don't know what was so world tour about it. I mean, you had a British Bulldog, then you had, like, at home with uh, Tito Santana. <laughs> yes. This Welcome to my home. Fantastic. There were ladies who all loved Tito Santana. They all wanted to get their photograph taken with him. They wanted to give him a kiss. He was head of the table as people danced and there was a mariachi band and then they even showed him as a matador in a bullfight which I do not endorse bullfights uh, it made me quite sad yeah. this clip actually kind of was quite fun because it was clearly it just was, not him <laughs> it was clearly it was so not him like I'm not even sure how they convinced any child that it was him it would like show him and the image quality would be completely different to the actual bullfighter in Spain where he was... It didn't show any of the bad bits of the bullfighting, but it was more just the... The cape. The cape. Um, this was incredible. Yeah, I mean... Uh, no words for this show. <laughs> A great segment. I mean, I suppose it's kind of typical of wrestling in the 90s, the kind of matches that were on the show and... They weren't like they had the one WrestleMania match, like we said, and the rest of them were kind of like on these world tours and lovely rest holds and and things like that. The whole video was definitely about getting the British Bulldog over as major star. He won two battle royales that they joined halfway through. Yeah, lovely halfway through action, and there was one match of him against a Repo Man who is uh three hundred pounds, three hundred pounds apparently, and um yeah, I'm not buying that. Especially when he wrestled the Warlord next and the Warlord was built at 320 pounds and the Warlord was twice his size. Yeah, I mean... The Warlord is probably close to 320, but the Repo yeah. Man, not so much. No. I was desperately afraid of the Repo Man as a child. I know a lot of people say they were afraid of the Undertaker and the Ultimate Warrior and stuff, but I was absolutely petrified of the Repo Man. I thought he was going to come into my house and he used to make me cry. I didn't like the Repo Man at all. So... Did not enjoy revisiting the Repo Man. I was okay with it now. I'm, well, I still want him to come into my house now, but, you know, I'm... A bit older. A bit older. A bit wiser. <laughs> I think it's a little bit less likely now. Yeah, I, th I think so. I don't it's 300 pounds as well, so, you know. Yeah. Um, scary. Yeah, the main event of this show was Shawn Michaels versus the Macho Man, and we actually got quite excited for this. Thinking it would be a great match, but it really wasn't. No, the story basically was like Macho Man had a bad knee and Sean worked knee and Macho Man was sore and hurt and yeah, it kind of went from there and Macho Man made a miraculous recovery to hit the, the elbow drop. I think I enjoyed the Warlord versus the British Bulldog most out of this. I thought even though it was WrestleMania 7 match and obviously it was WrestleMania match so it's likely to be of higher quality but I, I quite enjoyed this match as a simple kind of a, a tale the skits are the best part of it, though. Yeah, I mean, especially with the British Bulldog at the start. and Oh, well, actually, I don't know. Tito Santana's house is pretty cool. Yeah. His home, his homecoming. He showed a painting on the wall of his great-great-grandfather. He showed his grandfather's sword, which he instructed the viewers that don't be surprised if I bring this to the ring sometime soon. Yeah. I don't know if he did, so if anyone knows if he did, in fact, bring that sword to the ring any time in 1992, 1993, please let us know. Yeah, I don't remember it ever seeing it. You probably weren't born. No, I wasn't born, but I've I've <laughs> I've watched tape. I've watched tape. Um, we also had a 
Richter model Martel against Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, Alan made us watch this. I started skipping it, and he started going, "No, no, you can't skip it. You can't skip it." But it was trash. And we had the Beverly Brothers against High Energy, the start of the show, which was quite good. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm gonna say here, like Own Hearts, one of my favorites of all time. So. I'm always going to kind of enjoy what he does. But him and him and Coco are a very fun tag team. A very colourful gear. Which is terrible, actually. Really, Very colourful. Yeah, it was, a, you know, a good way to kind of kick off the, the watching. And Yeah. These shows are absolute chewing gum for the eyes. If you're just not arsed and you want to have a laugh, I would suggest watching them. But maybe skip some of the matches. I highly recommend Smack and Whack'em. That was the one I had as a kid. That's the one I want you all to watch. Yeah, I think you should all come back to us with your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Smack and Whack'em. Um, we're probably going to watch maybe more of these, maybe. Yeah, I think we should. I'm hoping Kamala shows up in one of them. One of my favourite memories <laughs> of looking back on, on old videos was watching WrestleMania 9. And at the end of the show, it's like Kamala with like an elephant or something. I was like, really what? sorry, but Kamala could not wrestle on this show. Like, his match got cut from WrestleMania. And it's him, like, feeding something backstage. And that always made me laugh when I rewatched it. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. I don't remember that at all. I don't, it's, I remember these things and I probably shouldn't. I can't remember some of the matches on that show. I remember that moment. I remember, um, oh my God, Todd Pettengale asking some, um, I think it was a Japanese reporter if there was two doinks in the the Dunk the Clown <laughs> match and the reporter just started laughing at Todd Pettengale. Todd <laughs> Pettengale was such a geek. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst. Todd Pettengale wasn't in the WWE encyclopedia and that. Why? Yeah. I remember buying the encyclopedia and complaining that Todd Pettengale wasn't in it. Oh, I hope he's in a revised uh, edition or something. Better be. That's just something that uh, is a gripe I have now with the creators of the encyclopedia. <laughs> I want my Todd Pettengale section. I mean, all the other people that you could think of are in it. <laughs> Why not him? Exactly. Host of Mania, which was my main wrestling watching for about a year. Yeah. Um, Sky One. I think Alan wants to give his thoughts on World Tour also. The game or the show? The Coliseum home video oh. that we just watched. Oh, because I just thought that was a video about Rick Martel's tan. It was a great tan. That was called World Tour 2. World tan. Rick Martel's world tan. that He picked up Barcelona, Spain. It's a beautiful tan. <laughs> Am I embarrassing you yet? You're banned from the podcast. <laughs> World It's great. He got off the gas, though. So he had to really ramp up the tan. He was really, like, he didn't want people looking at his skinny legs. So it was like, right, if I just make myself as absolutely brown as possible, they'll think I'm jacked. Did it work? Might have worked on some of the some of the fans in the crowd and their oversized t-shirts and whatnot. Didn't work for me, though. An eagle eye when it comes to these things, Sarah's. An eagle eye <laughs> for a good tan. World tan. It was a good show. He's banned from the podcast. You will not be hearing from Alan Forel again. But yeah, that was our Coliseum home video experience tonight. As we have to have a new format for this show, we're thinking of introducing a segment called Call Some Guys, where we will hopefully get some phone numbers off some of our listeners and maybe some of our not listeners, um, some people on Twitter.com, perhaps might give us their phone numbers. 
so we can call them and ask them their opinions and stuff. So it's like a reverse call-in show. Yeah. I mean, if you guys are interested in voicing your opinions on a Voices of Wrestling podcast, I know. <laughs> you should definitely, you know, I mean, there's nothing sketchy about it. We just want to, you know, what's your opinions on stuff? Yeah, so it's like, as we were going to be recording here in my house from now on, I think it'd be a great idea. I could use um, a Bluetooth speaker and we could get you guys here with us. And we can ask you questions or maybe you can just tell us your opinion on something. Yeah, why not? Join in on the fun. So we have set up an email address. It is the2saras, again with the number 2, at yahoo.com. And we are on Twitter at the2saras with the number 2. So if you would like us to call you, please do get in touch and leave a phone number. We're probably not going to tell you exactly when the show is going to go on, so there might be a bit of a surprise element to it. Yeah. But you can absolutely say, do not call between this time and this time on this day. Yeah, of course. I mean, like... You can put in a veto on it, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, we're not going to call you when you're at work or something. Well, we might, but... Well, yeah. I I think it'd make for great radio of us trying to ring people and them not answering or them being really awkward. I think it would be like when Vince McMahon gave away all that money on Raw and he tried to ring people. On a winter voicemail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's going to make great radio. So please do get in touch and send us your phone numbers. Or perhaps even Skype IDs if you're not comfortable giving us your phone numbers. Yeah, whatever you're comfortable whatever with. Whatever you're comfortable with. And we can hopefully ring some people. Um, we got we got some numbers on the podcast. I'm not going to say our numbers because I've heard that's very tactless, apparently. But, <laughs> but it far exceeded our expectations. So thanks to everyone for listening. Hopefully the audio is better on this show. Please let us know if you feel it has been better. We do have one other option for recording this podcast, which will be a little bit more extreme, but it's something we would be willing to do if you find that the audio hasn't been good here. Um, We have been offered a recording room to record our shows in, which would involve us both traveling too, but it is very, it's not too far away and it's very doable. But if you think this is adequate, then please let us know. If you have any other ideas for the show, anything you'd like us to review, anything you'd like us to watch, do get in touch and let us know that as well. Yeah, like we welcome kind of any, you know, ideas or matches or segments or, you know, I'm all about, you know, the the different and and the weird in wrestling. So, you know, nothing's kind of too out there for me. And Yeah, it's more things are too common. I don't want to ever review Raw or Smackdown. No, God, no. Um. you're not making me watch that every week (laughs) and that's not a slight against Ron Smackdown at all for me it's just like I don't have the time I don't really want to interview most wrestlers there are some exceptions to that but at the moment I'm not sure if we can get anyone I would like to interview maybe some of the Irish guys in time but in general I think a lot of the wrestlers who take podcasts take a lot of podcasts and anyone has heard what they have to say already but there are definitely some people, not so much even wrestlers, but people in, in wrestling I would like to have on this show in the future. But we have no interviews scheduled at the moment, even though we got a strange Twitter question during the week when someone asked when we were going to interview Cole Cabana. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, if we're ever going to interview someone, I'm going to bust out some Lord Alfred Hayes questions. <laughs> <laughs> what did you eat as a child? Yeah, that's, that's, the, first, that's the first question. <laughs> Um, yeah, were you excitable child? <laughs> Did you go in the boys' entrance or the girls' entrance to school? 
riveting stuff riveting that you want stuff. to know you know about people so yeah hopefully we can keep this podcast just a little bit different to other podcasts yeah like i think i might even go on tan watch for wrestlers you know judging their tans week to week <laughs> <laughs> because there are some shockers out there yeah i also want to watch WXW's game show, which I haven't got a chance to watch yet. They, they've introduced a new game show. The first episode is Jern Simmons versus Absolute Andy, and I've no idea what it's even about. I just know it's a game show, and I'm well up for watching that and reviewing that the next time. That sounds perfectly good to me. Yeah. So, yeah, you can follow me at Scanili. That's S C A N E L E E. So, S, word can, letter E, man's name Lee. And I'm at Sarah Flan, and that's Flan with two N's. So not like the dessert. The dessert with an extra N. <laughs> and the Sarah with a H, not without the H. Yeah, God. So add the H, remove the N. Please don't forget the H. Whenever I get like a coffee order, if someone forgets the H, it aggravates me. Because I'm not Sarah, I'm Sarah, okay? <laughs> Just it's a twitchy subject. <laughs> yeah, so thanks guys for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. And um, enjoy our outro. Now the show is over And we still haven't met Rover Time to get some rest and recharge But join us next time, won't you? And we'll discuss all those big issues Like Jesus, Waller's hands are so damn large Making friends and making times And wrestling round the world